Welcome to We Are Venomaniacs, the Venom Sites official podcast for all of your symbiote news, reviews, and point of views. My name is Orion, and I'm joined by hosts Carlos, Tyler, and Aaron. Say hi, guys. Yo! Hello! Hey, hey! We are also joined by a special guest host from the We Are Venomaniacs Discord server, Rick, who goes by the username Aragon. Welcome to the show, Rick. Pleasure to be here. It's week one of our Absolute Carnage podcast series in which we cover the event's latest comics and tie-ins. For this weekly review format, we'll be foregoing our usual issue uh, summarization and jump into our thoughts with the spoilers ahead. You've been warned. Today, we're doing a rapid-fire review of the double-sized first issue of Absolute Carnage. So, the first issue, guys, is dropped... We're finally here after months and months of hype and preparation, teasing, everything. And does it live up to expectations? Oh, Absolutely. Hell yeah. Absolutely. Oh yeah. What a what a way to start the, the book. How about you, Aaron? Yes, it does. <laughs> uh, so do we want to start talking on uh, just each chapter? And just and just move on from there. We think just rapid I think, fire. I think a good way to start this out, since it's such a huge book, it's there's so much to talk about. I think the best way to start is with a general review of the book overall, as in the writing, the the art, the whole production. Well, speaking of the art, I just wanted to say that's the first thing you notice in this book. Ryan Stegman, the, uh, J.P. Meyer, the inker, and the color artist, Frank Martin, they are blowing my socks off. Like, this is, I think, some of the best work I've, I've ever seen out of them. And it's just, like, just looking at the book is an absolute delight. Uh, I will agree on Tyler on that. This book was a complete home run times carnage. Uh, Ryan just did such a phenomenal job on the pencils. Uh, Donnie Case's writing on this was just A++++ perfect, in my view. Yes, I, I'm so happy that, that that on the online version, there's a director's cut where, where you actually see every single page in uh, pencils, inks, and the final colors without any letters. Because there's so many panels you can just use as wallpapers or just or just screenshots for like, for like photos of, of, of folks, there's just so many little things you see in those in those pages that you don't see when you have all of the word bubbles on the, there. So every page, like all what 130 pages on here, just look amazing. Whether it's in uh, pencils, inks, or just full on color, e- everything's amazing here. Yes, exactly. And a great note I think everyone should be aware of is if uh, you bought the digital version online. Um, you're actually buying the director's cut edition, which comes with uh, not only the variant cover gallery of all the variants for issue number one, but it also comes with the full script by Donny Cates uh, and the art process for every single page in this book, from pencils to inks to colors. So for any aspiring comic uh, creators out there, 
this is a version you really want to pick up and and read and study because it's definitely a master class. Yep, um, I would agree to that. Yeah, so um, the writing is also really on point. Like there's there's such a clear view that that Kate and Ryan are just uh, so they're so fit. Like they know how to work off of each other. Like there's so many scenes where it's like. So, like, in the director's cut, they also have the script, and you can just see where these guys are so in tandem, where where you just understand that they know what they're doing, and they can show it on these pages. It just yeah, the, ab- yeah, absolutely. They're so in sync together. Like, in the scene later in the book, in the third chapter, in uh, Ravencroft, with, like, Carnage flicking the worms and, like, singing along and just like the cage is bursting open like it's like straight out of a movie i can imagine this exact scene and it works so well oh, right it's I, so I love great that part that part was really good um, the... oh, oh sorry no i was just gonna say uh the one thing that i will commend donnie and ryan for this is that there's a scene in the book where it directly homages uh web of spider-man i believe it's correct me if i'm wrong is it eight, eight or 18? 18 18, yeah. 18, where yeah. Cletus pushes Eddie onto the tracks, which is which is a direct homage to what Eddie did to Peter when in his early days of Venom, which I really thought that was a cool homage. Yeah, very great, cool reference. Yeah. Great callback. Yeah. Love it. And then um, there was a page that Donnie had mentioned on uh, Ryan Segman's podcast when they were talking about absolute carnage and everything where he said he had absolutely no idea how he was supposed to direct uh, Ryan to create this page, and it was basically a top-down view of Eddie and of, of, of basically Venom and Carnage um, being electrocuted and their symbiotes flying everywhere. And, I mean, Ryan delivered. He delivered on that to no end it's just it's just breathtaking that one single page uh of them uh highlighted by the blue electricity from eddie grabbing the third rail in the subway and the symbiotes just bursting and revealing eddie brock and cletus cassidy's corpse it's just amazing i'm just wondering he must either like flip the page over or Something, because drawing upside down is a pain in the butt. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so um, I think we're good on the art and the writing right now. I guess we can start discussing the actual book. Yeah. Okay, yeah. So maybe we should start from the beginning and work our way towards the end. So what were some things that you noticed or that you liked or any little criticism you uh, I doubt there's probably any criticisms from anyone. I'm, I'm sure someone will find something. But is there anything? <laughs> well, well, I was gonna say let let's let's have Rick start off. Rick, what did you what did you find interesting about the book? Well, it feels just like it's, uh, the other uh, Venom books, where he's just a dark, gritty, and he knows something bad is coming, and it's well, just a moment, it's a mood of grim and just dread. 
I will say, uh, while I was lining up in the morning at my comic store, I was actually nervous reading this issue because, like, I was just keep thinking to myself, is someone going to die? Is someone going to get, you know, get killed off already in the first issue? And, you know, again, this this whole book was just so over the top, on the edge of my seat throughout the whole entire book. And just seeing... um, Cletus is, you know, flesh underneath this, underneath the Grendel symbiote like that just terrified me. And the whole thing, the whole story between him and uh, Peter and Eddie, like their chemistry was just great throughout this whole issue. And that, I think that's one of my favorite points about the whole book. Yeah, no, it's it's very much a, like a horror style book, and I, I think it's a really cool direction to take an event in. Yeah, so. Um... The one thing I'll say uh, kind of negative about the book is that I was kind of thinking this entire first first issue was going to be very, very bleak. You know, like I expected us to have a lot of folks get killed off and seeing a lot of gore and stuff happen. But this book was it was kind of just a basic regular Venom issue, but it's three issues, you know, like no one got killed. Um, we, We saw Carnage for a few times, but. But I suppose, you know, like, this one's only, like, uh, three issues long, and we have four more to go. So maybe maybe in the next few issues it'll get actually dark, and we'll actually see some folks die, and, you know, some limbs get chopped off of people. Five bucks, we'll probably see that starting with number two. Oh, yeah. <laughs> especially yeah. especially what's supposedly what's going to be happening with Miles. Some crap's going to be going down. All right, yep. We'll have to wait for all those tie-ins. That'll be fun. Yeah. And even though there was just a lot of, like, downtime for this book, like, it starts off pretty high, and then we have a bit of a lull in the middle, but I really like that all, like, my favorite part of the book is is easily the interaction between Peter and Eddie, and the fact that they directly say that, yeah, Eddie knows it's Pete again, and I'm so happy for that. Yes, like, that was amazing, like, they don't even say anything about it, he just says Pete nonchalantly. Yeah, and you just totally get it, you totally, yeah. Yeah, so that that just shows how much Eddie has has grown as a character. He doesn't care about Spider-Man anymore. He he knows who he is. He just doesn't care to go after him anymore. And that and that's amazing because folks that, still that think that really that Venom's all about I have to go kill Spider-Man, and it's like he doesn't care anymore. He has a son. He has this god carnage he has to look after. He doesn't really care about Spider-Man right now, I, I, and which I, is great. I got to point out the, the one the one little moment with Dylan that I think everyone smiled at oh. is when uh, when Spider-Man's addressing him, asking, you know, do you want anything to eat? He says, leave me alone, menace. And menace. With, with just his face, <laughs> and you family. can see in Eddie's face just this pride for Dylan. It's like, okay, so yeah, Spider-Man, it's like, Spider-Man might not be Venom's nemesis anymore. He might, uh, Eddie might not hate him anymore, but he still has this little, you know, a little bit of a grudge enough to say, you know, yeah, he's a menace. That was one of my favorite parts in the book. Because it's pretty much just like, you know, like father, like son. Because, you know, he's going to have that gene where he's going to hate Spider-Man. And I kind of saw it coming, but it, it was pretty funny to read that. on Right. <laughs> so, like, so like, this is a bit, so, like, this is a little bit later, but uh, 
later on we we meet Normie Osborne who who at one time had the Carnage symbiote and there's a little scene where he talks to Dylan and they kind of just say hi that gets me kind of excited because maybe that's the setup for a future Venom and Carnage rival right there Dylan <laughs> like, Bog versus like, Normie Osborne or like uh, was it Marvel's equivalent of Super Sons you know Damian Wayne and John Kent oh, together yeah. Yeah, yeah, the, yeah. the Venom boy and the Carnage boy. I didn't even oh, yeah. think about that. That is an interesting prospect there. I like that idea. Like, we're seeing right now the seeds for the future of Venom and Carnage. Yeah. Right, and... Man, I, I gotta say, you guys are being real optimistic about this, because if, if he says he's doing a dark event, I don't think either of these kids are making it out. <laughs> no, oh, no. Oh, like, like, especially because you left them alone with the maker. I mean, you're like, come on now. Yeah, he's got to be trusted. Such yeah. a trustworthy face. Look at that freaking xenomorph head. <laughs> exactly. Just leave them alone with this dude and this big machine, and he promises he won't use it at all. And he knows something about Dylan, and we know something's going to go wrong with him. So Something's going to happen. Something's going to happen. We don't know. Now, another, don't know. now another thing i like to, um, to touch upon is briefly after... Uh, Venom's first tussle with Dark Carnage in the subway. Dylan and Eddie are making their escape to Peter Parker's apartment. And there's a scene that I really like where uh, they're in the rain, they're going through the alleys, and um, Dylan's asking Eddie, you know, are you okay, blah, blah. And, and the symbiote answers for him and says, you know, he, uh, right now he basically has... Eddie in a coma to uh, repair him with f from all the damage and everything. And I kind of like that because uh, we don't often get to see Symbios taking control of an unconscious host like this. Like, we have we saw this with Spider-Man in the Symbios Origins, you know, uh, taking over Spider-Man's body during the night when he's sleeping to uh, go out and have adventures to get that adrenaline rush. Um, so I like to see this come back as well with, um, the symbiote continuing to help Eddie even when he's not able to help himself. Uh, not to mention, even in the cafe, I think Eddie stated that Venom was also providing him nourishment for his body. Yeah. So he wouldn't need to eat food. That's another thing also caught my attention. Yeah, so, um, yeah, so one thing... Like I'm going to keep being negative for for a few more seconds. Um, <laughs> the symbiote just kind of comes back, and I guess we really don't see them address what happened in the earlier issues, but I'm going to assume that that's going to be happening later, because this time they're just like, hey, you're back. Like, yeah, I'm back. And they don't really mention anything that happened from the last big shocking reveal, but I'm going to go ahead and just assume that's going to all be popping up later in the in the series. Maybe during the uh, actual Venom series, number, what, 17 or 18? Yes, yes. Yes. Yes, that's probably where it'll happen, but it's just kind of odd to say, like, oh, we're back together now, let's just go and do this now. But we we got time for that stuff later. 
Well, I will say one complaint I heard from a friend who's he's more he's definitely way more of a Spider-Man fan than of a Venom fan. But uh, mm. one thing I saw him say is that he was kind of disappointed that like that Peter just realizes that Eddie knows his identity and Peter doesn't really react to that at all. So it's I can sort of mm. see that, but it didn't really bother me just because I feel like like he bonded to it again in 800. He should know how how it works, especially since I know technically the symbiote should have known since Superior. So <laughs> right. Well, maybe it shows that Peter has also kind of grown a little, and he trusts Eddie a little bit more. Yeah, after, it, like I, after I, I, I was saying, I was saying this uh, exactly after Venom Inc. Like the last memory he has of Flash is Flash telling him like go easy on Eddie and the symbiote, basically. Right. So well, not then, sorry. So an issue uh, eight hundred where where he saves Mary Jane. So so like Eddie is so like Eddie like helps Spidey out by by helping MJ too. So so like maybe there's a little bit more of, of a of a trust there, even though uh, Spider Man doesn't really still like have to have to deal with symbiote stuff as he says a few times in the book. Yeah. And speaking of Flash Thompson and other symbiote hosts, I would just like to mention that I love the fact that. The uh, very beginning of the book is just who's Lee Price? Oh, he's nobody. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That was brilliant. Yeah. Thank just you, such Donnie. a like. Oh, thank, thank you, you Donnie. Kate's can be very passive aggressive to some old uh, stuff on on Venom. I've seen on Twitter and stuff like that. Yeah, but yeah, but hey, I love a Venom fan purist. Uh, I'll take it every day. Same. <laughs> All right, so Rick, how about you? Anything you'd like to know? Uh, let's see. Uh, I think we pretty much all listed it here. <laughs> yeah. So I, I'd like another thing to note is um, early on when uh, Donnie was discussing his plans for Absolute Carnage, he was talking about how he was breaking his story up into chapters and naming some of the chapters. And we actually see that here in this in this issue, we have three distinct chapters with the chapter names that he previously teased, and one of them that we were like we were just speculating on nonstop was uh, what was here, chapter two, the Godson. We all thought, you know, we were all speculating that maybe this is talking about Dylan, because we have our own theories about Dylan's true nature, his true origin, but. I was just pre pl uh, pleasantly surprised to see that it. No, I don't think it was about Dylan at all. I think it was m really about Normie Osborne because this is Peter's co godson. A misdirect. Yep. Right. Right. But there's still more time for us to learn about who Dylan is because because even in this issue we got a little bit more of a hint where where he's asking who is this Anne person you keep talking about. And her corpse maybe in that huge pile. Oh, oh yeah, yeah no, so. I was, I was no that, that was that's Eddie, absolutely Eddie foreshadowing. Was, Eddie, yeah. Eddie was looking at the TV and he's just realizing about Anne, and then Dylan looks at looks at Eddie. He's like, "Who's that?" And he's he just couldn't even bear to say that, you know. So that's yeah. the question is, did Carl even tell him who his mom was? Yeah, that's a good question. I guess he didn't. Then that's a good point. And, and speaking of Normie, also, I I did find it a little weird. Like, this is one of the complaints, is, is that one very minor complaint. 
Spider-Man is just telling Normie he's his godfather. It's like, and he should know Peter is his godfather. So it's a little weird that he's just blatantly saying this in front of him. I suppose. Yeah. I don't follow the Spider-Man stuff, so I have no idea. (laughs) Yeah, and he's kind of telling the maker this too, but I guess he just assumes he's good because he's Reed Richards, but I don't know about that. Yeah, I, I also thought I, I also thought they met in Secret Wars, but I can't remember. So yeah, but but since he knew who who the who the who the Spider-Man was in his old universe, he should also know that he's Peter Parker. So not a huge deal, I suppose. Yeah. Now that's now like going back and touching upon the the mass grave and Anne and all that. I like to point out that this is the first time ever since Anne's death that Eddie has ever talked about or even shown emotions about Anne Wang. And it's, it's definitely long overdue considering, definitely. you know, it's, considering it's how years. he left things. So I'm really happy Donnie has done this, that he's bringing this level of emotion up from Eddie that's been most likely suppressed, you know, for so many years, and we're finally getting back to it. It's like, oh, this is this is a wound that's now reopening, and it's going to be absolutely terrible if what people are assuming is going to happen with Anne being one of the corpses or coming back and Carnage controlling her. I'm still, you know, <laughs> I've been saying it since since we started talking about Anne coming back to the series. I've been saying. You know, I hope she's still alive, that the whole suicide thing was implanted memories and all of that, and now I'm hoping she comes back as a Sarah Connors from T- Terminator 2, just a total badass. You're setting yeah, yourself up for think, disappointment. <laughs> right. But yeah, like, I would think at this point that if she was still alive, the symbiote would just say, oh yeah, she's still alive, sorry about that. So yeah, I'm, I'm especially, sure especially she, with the symbiote feel... Yeah, the symbiote feels mm. bad about what it did. I don't think it would keep that secret as well. And, and that doesn't feel it. Unless, unless she did. Fa- sorry, unless she did fake her death, and the symbiote doesn't even know. And you know, also, <laughs> uh, yeah, Cletus is very good at finding out information. He knows how to torment any Brock pretty well. So, right. Yeah. So, yeah, um, b- yeah, but no, yeah. the real the real wound that's been opened is. For all those Angelo fans out there. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. Angelo got oh, yeah. mentioned in the book. I think the first time we've seen him. It's the first time we've seen him in how many years? <laughs> I don't know. Hmm. I don't know, but... Poor Angelo. I don't know, like, at least he got some sort of some sort of appearance, because I guess there are fans, but I guess it's kind of funny he gets more respect than Lee Price, but, you know, it's kind of funny. <laughs> Hashtag still better than Lee. (laughs) Angelo will always be number two. Even in terms of hosts, he's the second one. Always number two. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. And uh, let's not forget uh, the Life Foundation members got mentioned as well. Yeah. Yeah. Looks like uh, like we got Leslie and Carl. Yeah. Yes, uh, the old phage and the old agony. Yeah. Yeah. That's what that looks like. Another cool... um, not really cameo, but you know, return. Uh, ever since uh, abs or not uh, absolute carnage, it's uh, web of venom, cult of carnage. We see John Jameson make his return, 
uh, as a guard at Ravencroft. He helps Venom and Spider-Man into the place so they can um, basically rescue Norman Osborn from Carnage. And, uh, you know, we now see what exactly uh, is Carnage's plans with John Jameson. Uh, he's now been infected by Carnage and Null, so he's now basically a sleeper agent and uh-huh. also a werewolf, of course. So that's going right. to prove interesting because I, I forget which... Um, which tie-in is it? I think it's... Um, Le- lethal Protectors, he's yeah. definitely going to be showing up in, for sure. He's going to be... Yes. We're going to get a symbiote werewolf in there, for sure. Yep. So yeah, that's was it... interesting. Sorry. Go ahead. Oh, no, I'm, I'm done. Oh. Well, wasn't... Yeah, Misty Knight was in uh, Cult of Carnage, right? Yep. She, yes. yeah, yeah, she was teaming up with John James. She was the one who went to find him, and she's also going to be in Lethal Protectors. So they're definitely going to meet up again. Oh, definitely. Yeah. Yeah, so uh, I'm um, just yeah, yeah, yeah. So their plan is they don't want to use this machine on themselves, even though I guess they could use the machine on Spider-Man since he should have a codex. But anyway, um, they are going to use Norman Osborn as a guinea pig. So they break into Ravencroft, and we see that Norman still thinks he is Cletus Cassidy. And his hair is not in cornrows anymore. It's long, and he has blood all over himself, so he kind of looks like Carnage. And that that splash page just looks absolutely amazing. And he has, like, a knife that's, like, shimmering in the dark. That that looked amazing. Yeah, it, yes. it, reminds, it reminds me of when Cletus painted himself red, but this is a little bit right. worse it, than that. Yeah. <laughs> yes. No, no Ronald McDonald wig this time. Well, he, he kind of does have a Ronald McDonald wig. If you look at that uh, scene, scene like when he's walking past all all the jail cells, he 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 kind of has a big old ginger afro going on. <laughs> so, well, yeah, I, I just I, I, anyway. I just li- I like to imagine that like Norman like saw a reflection of himself like and thinking he's Cletus, he looks at the mirror, sees the cornrows, he's like, I look like some sort of asshole, and so he just. <laughs> Yeah. I need to fix fix this real quick, and so it just exactly. messed up his hair. <laughs> yes, yeah. I mean, the whole the whole scene where Cletus he's starting to make his way into the jail cell, and it's just and he's just like singing along with these creepy lyrics, and then he's just flicking these little uh, null parasites at the at the cellmates, and then you know that that was just really well done. The right sounds there. of locusts, but it's yeah. actually teeth of these doppelganger people yeah yes, and i i just love the amazing. fact that w- with the art with the color especially the fact that it goes from like just throughout the whole book it's going from tones of black and blue to red and it just sets the whole tone just the fact with like a like as soon as you see like john start like turning like like you see some stuff in the background start turning red and then the alarm goes off everything turns red and so it's just so thematically themed with the book, and I just it really adds to the atmosphere. Right, whole lot of red, whole lot of black. Yep, yep, yep. What's yes. funny? Oh, go ahead. So you go ahead, buddy. Yep. Sorry. Uh, what's funny is that when I first saw the panel of Cletus's face in that close-up, I thought it was null. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He he is very thin, and he's kind of crazed now. So he does. Sort of look like Noel at this point, yeah. 
Makes you wonder whether or not if Cletus is fully in control of himself or, well, Null is truly puppeting him. Right. Well, if we're, if we're going on theories here, I think, I feel like Cletus is sort of just along for the ride because it makes him feel good. And he's like, it's sort of just, it's sort of just meshing with his own sort of, uh, like, he's like, I, I gotta kill people to do this. And I get like a high from getting these co- codices. So and I'm going to keep doing it. He's also boasting the fact that he's a god now. Right. Yeah. yeah so, yeah, there was kind of a controversy over uh, how they're using Carnage. Because, you know, usually we think of it as Cletus and the Carnage symbiote. But, of course, this is not really Cletus. It's really kind of just his corpse. And and we see that a whole lot of times, um, like in the first scene where he gets shocked on the subway, we just see his kind of rotting skeleton with, with maggots in his mouth. And it looks and it looks very scary. And, you know, like later on when we see his, his full form, he... He doesn't really have any meat, you know. There's, there's like a spine you can see. You can make out his entire pelvis. It's <laughs> really quite clear. This is not a person in there. It is a corpse. But it also kind of confuses some people because he doesn't have the carnage symbiote, kind of. Um, so I know the script at the end says that uh, Norman is infected with the carnage symbiote. But folks are kind of like, how can you call it Carnage if he's not with the Carnage symbiote? And uh, Kate's, Kate says that that uh, that he's just automatically Carnage because Cletus is Carnage. But, I mean, I don't know if we've actually seen the Carnage symbiote. I like to believe that he is kind of a mix of the Grendel symbiote and the Carnage symbiote, if that makes sense. But I know just... <laughs> You know, there's it's it's really it's weird. Very semantic, basically. It's, it's but, really weird because, like, when I read uh, Carnage Born, like, you know, we we find out he somehow, I guess, survived the crash back to Earth, and pretty much that burned all his skin, and then the, the whole cult kept him alive in this uh, biohazard container, and even when they put the Grendel symbiote on him, he was still alive, uh, yelling to you know in pain so I, I really don't even know like is he really alive is he is he dead really technically or is it just mind control or something I don't know it's it's really hard to tell I'm pretty sure this the Grendel symbiote restarted him basically and it so he's just and it it, it is Cletus it's just it's not the the this for whatever reason uh, if it can't or won't it's not healing his body. Or maybe it can't that he's, you know, revived like that. And what? But yeah, this ancient symbiote just Cletus doesn't really seem to mind that he looks like a horror show now. But he still does like having his face in front. So, right, which sort of, which sort of begs the question: Are we ever going to see the Carnage symbiote in this, or are we just assuming uh, he's a mix with the Carnage symbiote? I mean, who knows at this point? Um, I suppose we'll find out. Um. Because it sort of looks like Norman looks like a classic Carnage now. Yeah, so, so at the end, yeah. speaking of, you know, puppets, uh, we see at the last page, Dark Carnage um, 
rebonding the Carnage symbiote to Norman Osborn in this kind of puppeteer kind of thing with all these uh, strands of symbiote um, across his limbs and everything. It's very cool, very uh, very menacing, very foreboding. Right. So the last thing I'll say on this subject is that I'm kind of under the impression that Kate believes the Carnage symbiote doesn't really have its own personality. That it's all Cletus Cassidy. His blood is the symbiote, and and and, and like even though we said that it died, um, so I do agree with uh, y'all that saying that uh, maybe it just kind of restarted. But I don't uh, necessarily think we're actually going to see the Carnage symbiote. You know, like have have any sort of personality. I, I just think all of these. Uh, drones are kind of carnage uh, himself but yeah, you know it's kind of a uh, mess but we've never we've never really here seen later. the carnage symbiote ever have like a personality like i i like to assume that Car- uh, cleus just reactivated the symbiote in his bloodstream and woken it pretty much right but so. yeah but it we we've heard from a lot of different sources that it kind of is kind of isn't so who knows? Who knows? As what long about as it's red uh, and has a red speech bubble? I, I think it's Carnage. So. What about the uh, way it acted in Superior Carnage Annual, where it pretty much was fixated on getting back to Cletus? Right, right. But who knows at this point? Um, I imagine we're going to get into the specifics of that in ASM because that seems to really be focusing on the Norman Carnage. So, yes. I'd agree with that. So. If you're concerned about Carnage, uh, try not to be, because uh, we'll probably hear about that later. And and like just like all of the other series on Carnage, we'll probably most likely end on this with with Cletus still still alive with the uh, original Carnage symbiote. So I wouldn't worry yeah, too much. But- yeah. Plus, they brought it. They brought in Normie right away, and there's got a real reason they've brought him in so so quickly. Especially since we know not only does he have the Codex, but then we also in the in ASM he still has like red eyes, like in that little tease at the end. So there's probably a bigger portion of the symbiote in him than we realize. Right. Let's move on because we have wasted too much time on that little talking point. Pretty much, we just want more. We really need more. <laughs> yeah, yes. I think um, I think it's good place to maybe close the, uh, the discussion on the issue um, I will say that we can maybe discuss the little bit at the very end of the book um, when it comes to they have this little page of the Ravencroft uh, initial behavioral assessment and then they have um, some dictation uh, from an interviewer in Cassidy and I really I really liked this uh, little interview they had um, it definitely set the tone for who Cassidy is, what kind of creep and what kind of maniac he can be. Yeah, like it was kind of uh, odd seeing him say, I like having my voice. Uh, like how he said, like, you know, uh, let's see, like, what do you say? I'm trying to find it again because it's been a while since I read it. But uh, like how he, he record said... what, how he records people's last breaths or right. whatever. Right. Yeah. Yeah. That's kind of odd to me because I don't really uh, think about uh, him as a person that likes to take trophies but it is kind of a weird um, and kind of unusual thing to just uh, see about him 
as a character. I so, like, I enjoy that little part. Yeah, I, I really do like, um, you know, as macabre as it is, I like the fact that Cates is establishing here that he likes to collect um, his victims' last sounds, like their breaths or the death rattle or whatever sounds they make right as they die. And he likes to play that on the stereo because that's his soundtrack. It's deeply unsettling. That's Cletus Cassidy. Yep. Yep. I will. I will say it was. I, well, I'd appreciate little reference for like his date of birth with you know uh, uh, ASM or whatnot, the the date of the his first appearance. I'm also kind of annoyed how much that messes with the timeline because well, there's no it's, way it's Cletus comics. is one gets, year older than me. I know it's comics, but still, it it's, it's just a time. little annoyance. <laughs> yeah, and Normie should be uh, older than than Dylan, but I think Dylan's older. Who knows? It's comics. Have fun with it. It's not that serious. I promise. <laughs> yeah, you don't, don't hurt your brains trying to think of all those intricate details. <laughs> yes. Yeah. And I guess the the one thing I want to also bring up again is all the digs that they have that that uh, we have on on uh, Watchmen, because with all of the um, with all the chapters we we have the we have the Venom symbol uh, sort of sort of like. Sort of like grow red some more like every other few few uh, chapters. And then in the script, and I'm trying to find it, uh, Donnie says he wants this to sort of look like that other series that, that were a lot better than. And then there's another Watchmen <laughs> reference uh, when the maker said that he made this machine 35 days ago, which is another reference to the Watchmen. So... Still having those sort of digs at it, which is really interesting and fun to see. So, yeah, they're just it's a little bit of trivia. Oh yeah, yeah. Well, I think that's a good point to put a pin in today's episode. So that concludes week one of our Absolute Carnage coverage. Listen in next week as we review Absolute Carnage Separation Anxiety number one and Absolute Carnage Scream number one. Also, uh, just so you know, We Are Venomaniacs is now a member of The Collective, a community of superhero podcasts. Uh, visit our podcast page on thevenomsite.com to learn more about The Collective, which includes Into the Night, a Moon Knight podcast, Inner Demons, a Ghost Rider podcast, and more superhero podcasts. We'll also be playing a... Uh, a brief ad for these podcasts, um, one per episode after each episode, so stay tuned for just a brief little thing. And uh, you can listen in to We Are Venomaniacs on Podbean, Spotify, Apple Music, and iTunes, uh, Google Play Music, and YouTube. We can also now be found on Twitter at, at the, uh, WAV underscore podcast. Uh, if you'd like to participate in a live audience for future We Are Venomaniacs episodes, join our Discord server and check out the podcast chat channel for details about our next recording date. As always, thanks to my fellow hosts, uh, Carlos, Tyler, Aaron, and Rick, for joining me today. Happy to be here. Pleasure to join. Thanks for listening. 
and thanks to uh, the Venom site for permitting us to make the podcast under the TVS banner and all of your generous support. And finally, thank you, loyal listeners and fellow Venom Maniacs. You guys make a great uh, community, and it's an honor to be your voice on the airwaves. Together, we are Venom Maniacs. And now a word from one of our partners from The Collective. Hey, Ray. Yes, Connor? What's black and white and red all over? Huh. A newspaper? Not even close. Hmm. A sunburnt zebra? What are you doing, Ray? (laughs) Not even close. (laughs) Into the night. A Moon Knight Podcast, a weekly podcast coming to you from the High Priest of Kanshu, available on all good podcast catchers. <laughs>